This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. In the world, speak too early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I feel great. I just everything feels amazing. I feel fresh. Uh, my legs feel amazing. Uh, my mind feels amazing. I just over like honestly, we should probably finish up this podcast quicker than we normally do so because I got a 15 miler planned after this. So if we could really just speed this thing up here, because yeah, I feel great. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Doing, doing. I would say great as well, gentlemen. It's been a uh, a whirlwind of a week. I've had a lot of love sent my way. I've had a lot of hate sent my way. I've had a lot of questions, a lot of inquiries sent my way. You know, I feel like a like a war general or something where people are trying to get you know the insights on what's going on. But I just want to assure everybody that I am doing just fine. Everything is going according to plan, uh, and I am ready, you know, feeling great and ready to have a great week. And so for people that missed last week or aren't following us on Instagram, we are in the midst of a P2E showdown. So the three of us are competing to see who gets the most miles in one week. And uh, my first question is just, Trent, what the hell are you doing? Like, what? can you give me some – you don't need to give away your plan. But for the people that don't know, Mike and I, Mike's at 30 miles. I'm at 28 miles. We're, we're just get, getting through day two. Trent's barely at 10. Trent, like, just what's your game plan here? Like, what, off, what's your end goal? I am over 11 right now. I'm not sure what the last <laughs> stat you looked at. But, no, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, how much I want to talk about it, how much I want to leave, you know, just up in the air for people to interpret and try to figure out. But I am I am trying to win this thing. I just want everyone to know that I am trying to win this thing. I just, you know, before this week started, I looked at it. I, I, I studied my competition. I studied, you know, the rules of the game here. And I thought I just wanted to ease myself into it. I wanted to, you know, Dave Waddle at the Olympics. I'll let everybody go out hard. You guys, you know, go go out crazy. And and I'm just going to find my pace, find my rhythm with full confidence that I'll be there at the end. Trent, I've had so many different theories in my head of what you could be doing. Because I knew coming into this that you were going to try and do something ridiculous. And that you were going to try and play mind games. So the first day I thought that this whole thing was like complete mind games and I was waiting for like the midnight drop where you're going to have like, you know, a 12 mile run that you dropped at midnight and then that didn't happen. And then so today I was thinking, all right, maybe he's going to bank a huge run and drop it like because I knew we were podcasting at 730, drop it like live on air. I thought maybe that's what you're trying to do. We got 15 minutes and I don't know if that's going to come anytime soon. So I don't know, but I guess what I'm trying to stick with here is I don't care what you do. I mean, the what what I know now is I have a 20-mile lead on you. I have that banked on you, and all I got to do is get through the rest of the week, and I'm going to stick with my plan, and clearly my plan is going much more swimmingly than your plan. Dude, you're doing like five-mile runs. This is a competition to see who can do the most runs, and you're out there knocking out like four and a half miles at a time. 
how how could you possibly we're t- I could see on the first day if you like wanted to make a point or ease into it. We are two full days into this now. We we are not two full days into it. First off, uh, we are uh, one and three quarters. I have the freshest legs in the competition for sure right now. I feel great. I feel primed. I feel ready to go. I mean, it's no secret to say like I'm gonna have to have a big you know next five days, right? I'm not giving anything away by saying that if I want to come back for the win, which I fully plan on doing. But I just wanted to to see you know how this was gonna play out. I wanted to give it a little time to ease into it. Like I said. I studied my competition. I came up with some theories. You guys are kind of going right as I expected you to. Um, and now I'm, I'm sure I will be able to, to catch you. So, Trent, what I don't understand is how does having fresh legs help you? I mean, like, yeah, okay, so maybe on Saturday and Sunday you feel a little bit better than I will. But I can still do what you did yesterday and today on Saturday and Sunday on the worst feeling legs I've ever had. Like, I, I, I just – I don't understand that thought process at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say the plan is, you know, foolproof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't discuss this with the great running coaches of our day before I developed this. Um, But I really just had the idea, you know, without going too much detail, again, just like easing into it here, seeing where you guys, guys like, you know, pace yourselves. I'll make my move. And then I do have to say, I will admit, that as you know, the the people reached out to me, and as I got again some love, some hate, it made me like stand a little firmer to my strategy. You know, <laughs> I may have I may have switched up a little bit earlier than I wanted to, um, but with all the feedback I was getting, it just kind of you know I did sink my heels in a little bit more than I probably would have um, to stick to my guns, which will just make it all more sweeter when I come out on top. So Trent, I just you know just kind of give you a little insight into my you know where I'm at in my head. So yesterday I did 17 miles and that was almost double what you've done over two days. And uh, this morning I woke up, I went out to the bike path because I need something flat to run on and I ran seven miles. And during the course of that seven miles, I was in extreme pain, extremely dehydrated. I threw up twice and you know what? I'm going to do it again tomorrow and I'm going to do it again the next day and I'm going to do it again the next day. That's the type of person you're dealing with right now, Trent. So to give, give me, to just bow down and give me a head start. I, that was the dumbest move you could have done. So that's 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 the fear, right? I, I discussed this with some confidants today. My only fear would be underestimating like the psychotic nature of the two of you, the competitiveness, and then especially with the two of you going against each other. You know that if if my plan doesn't execute, that may have been the downfall of just like underestimating, you know, how far you guys will go to make sure that you guys take the title. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it doesn't matter like how I feel next Monday, right? Like this is one week. I got to get through this week. It's not like I'm training for anything after that. It's not like I need to, I, I might not ever run again for the rest of my <laughs> yeah, life. This might this. be my retirement. I just, I just need to get through the next five days and I need to, you know, be able to, to move over the weekend. And as long as I can move over the weekend, I know I'm going to beat your ass. And so, me and Steve are going to have a nice little battle going. It doesn't matter how you feel next Monday. You're right. It doesn't matter how I feel on Monday. It does matter how I feel on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right? That matters. It, it does, but that's assuming that, like, I just give up and stop doing things. Like, I don't, I'm I don't still going to – I'm still going to do my runs. Like, I'm still going to get in the miles. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> 
So are you I, are you at all nervous? Are you at all nervous that you might have screwed up here? That you might have taken a poor a, a a poor plan into this? There's there's always a part of you that wonders if you could have you know come up with a better game plan, right? Did you prepare enough, right? I'm sure Bill Belichick going Super Bowls regretting you know during that third week of October when he had dinner with his family instead of staying an extra two hours in the film room to watch uh, a film with the Jets or whatever. So there's always that possibility, but I I think I'm more just excited, and this has been more fun doing my strategy than I ever thought it would be, based on again like the feedback and the interactions and and playing mind games with you guys. This has been way more fun and way more excited than I even imagined I, it could be. So I will that, say that the, makes me feel super confident, Trent, because I am not having fun. This is the least fun I have ever had, but it doesn't matter. It's one week. It's a competition. I am not. If you are in this for fun, you have already lost. Well, from from to to Trent's point, for a fun standpoint, it it does create an element of entertainment, right? Like it it has gotten interesting interaction, right? People being like, "Where's Trent?" and like that's becoming the narrative of like, "What the hell is going on with Trent?" So the people want to know what is going on with Trent, where he is, if he's okay, what his crazy strategy is here, but. Yeah, I mean Steve's right. Like if you're having fun, you're not doing you're not doing this right. Now, what I will say is these two days, I mean, no matter what, when you're doing this many miles, it's going to be difficult. But if people are just tuning in here and don't understand what's going on, this isn't just like your everyday mileage challenge. These are guys who were doing 15 miles a week leading up to this. I literally did 9 miles last week. So this is really hard. This is super, super hard to be going out there putting down these miles. And I, I'm i not nervous to see what I'm going to look like on Saturday and Sunday because I know I'm going to feel like hell and I'm just going to have to grind through. I'm a little nervous to find out what Monday morning feels like and you know if I am even a functioning human being. To, to your point, Mike. Today, I mean, I, I clearly am, am in last place right now. Um, I've gotten 11 miles. Today, I did about six and a half or something like that. That was my longest run since the year 2019. So, I mean, I, we're all we're all we're all a little bit in over our heads right now. So we added one extra element to this that we haven't talked about. So we we've only talked about it via our text chain. So there's a monetary component to this. But then we've also determined a <laughs> we've determined a punishment for the last place person, and that is going to be that they have to take the SATs. And this punishment comes courtesy of Patrick Donovan, and this is a genius punishment because what it means is you have to pay to take the SATs, you have to give up a Saturday and go sit in a classroom with a bunch of high school kids for an entire day, take the SATs, then you uh so you, the the results get submitted they come back to you and then we get to read the results on the podcast so this is a brutal brutal punishment and i would not want to be last place for this one it, i mean it's te- it, it it is terrible i mean it's a classic like you know fantasy football punishment we're not like we obviously didn't invent this punishment but it is so good that it you know is enough to motivate you to to try. I mean, it's at least enough to motivate me and Steve to try. Trent, on the other hand, I guess he's you know better start sharpening up at his pencils. You know what I mean? 
I have no no plans on taking the SATs, but I have thought about it a little bit just because of the, the novelty of the idea. I mean, do you go in there and do you just like leave a, a blank test or whatever and just just don't waste any extra energy having to do it? Or do you, you take it real seriously? Like, you know, do you do you try and beat your high school score of the SATs? I don't know. I don't know like how I wonder how much dumber I am right now than I was, you know, when I was 17. I took it the last time. Yeah, I thought about that, too. And my initial thought was like, yeah, I will just go in there and not like I would just leave it blank, not even take it. But the problem is you have to sit there through the whole test. Yeah. And those tests take like, I don't know, what is it, like three, four, five hours long? Like that's you're better off like trying to take it and, you know, occupying your mind instead of just like sitting there in a classroom full of 15 year olds you know what I mean? For five hours straight. I don't think that's a, a, you know, a good use of your time. Yeah. I mean, if you don't try on it, then you're going to go insane. Like you, you're there, you paid, might as well. <laughs> I mean, we're going to make fun of it, make fun of it on the podcast either way. Might as well try to get a decent score. Part of me would want to buy, you know, the book and just do a study sesh, you know, get a, get a couple hours of studying every night for a month leading up to it. And then just see if I could, you know, get, get a high score. That'd be kind of fun. Hey, so I, I have a couple other notes here on, on the competition before we move away from it. Um, so, Trent, I noticed that in the two very short runs that you have done so far, um, your picture that you posted on Strava, you wore the same shirt in both your runs. Uh, care to comment? Absolutely. Yeah. Why do I waste a clean shirt when I'm just about to go sweat in it? So if I am not coming fresh out of the shower, if I'm like just, you know, hanging around the house all day, I'll wear the same dirty shirt. I'm about to sweat 30 seconds into the run. It's going to be dirty anyway. So I'm going to wear that same dirty shirt. Okay. Uh, Steve, this question is for you. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, propagate any kind of conspiracy theory here. I, that's not the kind of person I am. I'm just saying that there has been a little bit of chatter on the social medias that maybe you might be using uh, your little brother, who's a college athlete, his, uh, you know, he he goes out and do, does the run and you upload the, the runs to your Strava. Do you, do you care comment? Him and I ran together this morning. I don't know what to tell you. We have the exact same route, right? We both posted it. Mine was like slightly different as to be yeah, expected it, from two different GPS watches. See right? that, one, that was, was, one was one was one was point oh one longer than the other one. I mean, again, he was doing, he was he was he was doing strides, kind of coming back and forth. He was starting stopping at different times. So yeah, so yeah, we ran together. It was pretty close. It wasn't exactly spot on, but I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if you if you don't trust me, I I, I mean, we could end this right now. <laughs> I, again, again, th- these aren't my words. These are other people's words. But I mean, it's possible, you know, to to make it look clean. He could wear two GPS watches, stop one, wait like three seconds, keep running, stop the other one. So now the mm. data is a little bit different. Again, the I, I don't believe it. I would never um, accuse you of cheating like that. I just think if it's going to be talked about on our social media and our Strava pages, I just think it needs to get brought up on the podcast. That's hey, all. I mean, if, 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 you know, he's he's staying at my house rent free right now, then I should be able to use him to compete in this challenge. That's a good yeah, point. That's fair. And, and that, so that brings me to my, my final point here is um, I, I wrote down a list of excuses um, that I want to make <laughs> for uh, for this competition. Uh, one is that I don't have any training partners. You guys both have training partners, uh, built-in training partners. So that's one disadvantage. Um, 
I hate running with running watches. Um, in fact, mine broke today, so now I have to hold my running watch instead of wearing it on my wrist. Um, so that's a big um, disadvantage. I gotta go into the office two days this week, um, so that's really gonna throw off my my rhythm and your guys, you know, work from home thing. So there's another excuse. Um, I'm sure I could come up with, with, with some more, but that's just the start of my list right there. I mean, uh, you can't have a good competition without some good excuses. Yeah, I think you inspired me. Let me just do mine too as well here. Um, when I win, this will just make it extra sweet, but you have to hold your running watch. I have to wear a, a, hold a cell phone the whole time. I don't have one of these fancy GPS watches. I got to figure out how to use Strava every time I go on and I don't even like, really know if it's working or not i'm constantly checking my pace to make sure it's still working i have to wear a mask when i run from my house i'm in the in the fine zone when you go out so i got this buff over my nose so i don't get the uh the 300 fine from the son of a police department so i just want to know i want you to know i can one up your excuses mike well i can even one up because since i don't have a built-in training partner like you do um i have to i like to listen to like a podcast or something like that so that i feel like i have people that i'm running with so I have to hold my phone and my running watch. So I got both hands full. It's pretty inconvenient. Listen, why don't you broke boys just man up or, or just buy a new watch? I got this. I got this. I got this new Apple Watch right here. I got my music, my GPS, my my podcast on it. It's not that expensive. Just be an adult one time and buy a a watch that works. No, no, because I like having the excuses. You don't understand. Right, you. That's. I, I threw out my GPS watch before this competition so I could have those excuses. <laughs> Trent, I have a comment. Um, so what happens when your girlfriend's sister beats you in this mileage competition? So I was gonna I was gonna bring that up at some point during the show here. She is probably I think maybe the favorite out of non-professional, non-Olympian you know, Olympian athletes to win. She's a beast. She's also working, like, she's, she's in first place right now. I checked right before we hopped on. She's working a full-time job, you know, like a hands-on physical job where she works with, uh, you know, different types of kids. But it's, like, intense what she's doing, and she makes me feel like a real uh, piece of crap sometimes. But having said that, the competition is not about beating Hannah competition is about beating you two so that my eyes is on the prize right now how many miles does she have right now she's she has 31. 31 she's literally Jeez. she's literally in first place it's ridiculous so she works with kids that are like maybe have some behavioral issues and she was saying she had to like hold somebody down for two hours the other day during while getting in you know a 16 miles of running or whatever and then she obviously had the big day today so i don't know for uh for those looking for an overall champion i think money on hannah kruger might be a good bet yeah, wow, so, impressive. yeah, it, it, and if you guys didn't listen to the last podcast, we are offering up a uh, peak too early t-shirt to the uh, highest mileage of, in, in our Strava group that is not uh, one of us, it is not a professional runner or somebody who's had the podcast before, so that opens it up to, the, you know, the average Joe out there, and in her comment, in her last run, she knocks out a big 16-mile run this afternoon. She says, am I really willing to die for a free T-shirt? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Love it. I mean, ruthless. I'm a little nervous that she's going to take the whole field down, but that's where we're <laughs> Very at. Very impressive. Very impressive. All right, Mike. Enough of that. Let's get into the running news. Alrighty, so uh, 
Golf TV dropped a uh, Instagram uh, post, uh, I think it was yesterday, where it was Tiger Woods answering different questions from social media. And one of them was, you know, if you could talk to your younger self, what is some advice you'd give? So this is the advice that he gave to a younger Tiger Woods. If you had one thing you could go back in time and tell your younger self, what would it be? Yeah, not to run so much. Running, <laughs> running over 30 miles a week for probably my first five, six years on tour. Uh, pretty much destroyed my body and my knees. So, uh, boys, what do you think of uh, Tiger's advice to his younger self? I mean, just just a hilarious laugh out loud uh, interview or comment there. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I got to clip this. I got to put it up on PQ early Instagram. <laughs> I was like, this is this is great. Um, so hilarious. I loved it. I mean, I think I can relate to a certain extent. But my first thought was like, you know, Tiger, I don't know if it was the running. It was probably like all those military, you know, drills. And he put on like out of nowhere, he put on like 50 pounds of muscle in like a couple years. And so maybe if he tried to run after just increasing his body weight by 25%, you know, 25, 30% like that out of nowhere, that maybe running hurt him. But <laughs> to just blame right. all all of his injury woes on running is, is pretty funny. Yeah, no. I, and so I have many, many angles and thoughts on this that I'll eventually get into. I want to preface this by saying huge Tiger Woods fan. I love Tiger. But when, when I thought about, you know, advice to your younger self, Steve, yeah, you just mentioned, like, you know, his upbringing and, you know, the militant, like, lifestyle that he he was raised in. And, like, uh, but, you know, wasn't there a few other things that maybe you could <laughs> yeah, give your yeah, younger right. self advice on? You think it was your <laughs> running that destroyed your career, buddy? I mean, come on. Let's, let's, be, let's be serious here. <laughs> I even think of that angle. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I get he doesn't want to bring that up in the, in the Instagram post, but I mean, come on, let's let's take it easy on running here, you know. Everybody watching that being like, "You sure about that, Tiger?" <laughs> I mean, the fact that you ran a 30 miles a week—that's that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. That was the downfall. It, it that would have been the only thing funnier than his his mileage comment, where if he just came out and said it. You know, I probably shouldn't have gone to whatever the Culver's restaurant. I forget the name of the diner or whatever. But if he just like yeah. straight out made jokes about it. It's, do you think this is why Tiger didn't join our pool, by the way, for the for the weekly that. running mileage challenge? I mean, he ran 30 miles a week, so he would have beat you if he was if he was in it. <laughs> uh, no, but I I just I think the clip is hilarious because it's like you know you have, I mean, maybe the most prominent athlete of our lifetime. I mean, you go back to the when ESPN did their Who's Now thing back in the you know mid 2000s. It was Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was now. He was the athlete of our generation. And he's saying that the biggest advice you could give to, you know, young athletes is just not to run, which, I mean, is hilarious because we all know the negative effects of running, but it's just like another, like, slap in the face to, to our sport and, and what we're trying to do here. It's like, God damn, Tiger, don't don't give us a bad rap like that. I know it's different when it's your sport and, like, when you're trying to adjust to it. But I don't know. I just thought it was funny because it was another. Uh, there's a you know a lot of negative energy towards running, especially out in the you know other popular sports, and this is just another uh, example of it. It is pretty wild for a professional athlete like Tiger to be crushing 30 mile weeks while also yeah, probably practicing golf once or twice a day too. 
Well, I mean, I mean, they say like, you know, up until he started really getting injured. And like I said, I think a lot of those injuries kind of coincided with he was he was working out with Navy SEALs and he was doing mm-hmm. like these crazy, insane workouts. But he changed the game of golf because he made the top golfers in the world athletes. Right. You look at a guy like Brooks Kepka, He would have never been, you know, a golfer 20 years ago. He would have been funneled directly into football, but you think he was a baseball player at one point, or at least he wouldn't have kind of kept his type of physique and athleticism throughout playing golf. But the top golfers in the world right now treat new golf as a sport and they are athletes. They were, at least they work out like athletes. Right. And, and he said that he was doing this stuff over the first like five or six years that he was on tour, which was when he was just absolutely dominating everybody, right? Like nobody yeah. could touch him. So I guess it, it, it showed short-term success, so I think it, it did work for him. So I don't know if, like, not running or not doing that workout was the answer. I think maybe it's, like, you have to do the right stuff with it, right? A professional runner does almost more, like, you know, taking care of their body than they actually do running, like, keeping themselves healthy and fresh. So maybe it's more of, like, you got to do a little bit more of that. But obviously, whatever he was doing in those first five or six years – was working. I mean, the guy was the most unstoppable athlete over that time period than anybody ever. So if I, I want to improve my golf game, I just got to start running 30 miles a week. That's right. Yeah, you probably <laughs> should start running 30 miles start a week. Right now. Dude, I, I, I actually, early on in the kind of quarantine shutdown, the, uh, the golf channel was replaying some of his masters, masters wins. And back early on in his career, he was so much fun to watch. He was just so dominant. Like, I don't think I've ever seen an athlete as dominant at their craft as he was back in those kind of early, you know, master's runs. Yeah. Our, our podcast has obviously come a long way since the very beginning. But right. one of one of our, our, you know, first, like, true episodes, our first live in-person episode, we were watching Tiger win the Masters a year ago. And, you know, his first championship back. So, I don't know. Boston Marathon you know, Preview. The Boston Marathon Preview. Go back and, and take a listen. Obviously, the podcast nine? is... No, I, I think it's like episode it. four or something. Mm-hmm. It was like I think it's like our first one on iTunes. Uh, but obviously, the podcast has changed a little bit, but I was thinking about it. Like we, I, I still think it was kind of funny the way that we did it, but I could see how it turned people off. Like We would literally just be talking in the middle of the podcast and just like start roaring celebration and just like... Because we were watching Tiger win a Masters live, and we were significantly more excited for the Masters for the golf game on than we were. I mean, big picture, I cared more about Boston Marathon, but in the the hour and a half that we sat down to record that podcast, the excitement level for golf was much higher than the excitement level for running in the you know what we consider Perfect. the premier event of our sport. Episode six, I, six, I just looked it up. Six, okay. All right, boys, so why don't we get into our Bell Lap Track and Field Gear interview. This week, we have a special guest. We got Dave Kinzira. Dave Kinzira is actually a Bell Lap Track and Field Gear athlete. He's a 10-time All-American at the University of Illinois. He's one of the top 400-meter hurdlers in the country. He's an Olympic hopeful, so we're uh, we're kind of getting out of the distance a little bit and going down to those glamour events for this interview. But great interview, great dude. Glad we got a chance to talk to him. Let's get into it. Yeah. The quarantine facial hair. Yeah. 
the quarantine beard. That's how it's been. <laughs> no beard. I mean, uh, no haircuts either. So I'm on the haircut. I know. Dude, it's getting little. real bad. It's getting yeah. so bad. Oh, <laughs> Part of the reason I'm wearing Jesus a hat. Trent. <laughs> I was right at the I limit. I hat today, but I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> I, I had an appointment with my barber scheduled like, right before quarantine, then I couldn't go. So I was like, oh, I'll push it back a week or so. Like, it was already at the, the upper limits for me, and that was, you yeah. know, six weeks ago now. So oh, <laughs> hanging in there, though. Oh, that's good. That's oh. good. So Dave, we obviously we got connected to you uh, through through Chief from Bell Lap Track and Field, which you mm-hmm. know we had him on a couple weeks ago. We really like his Instagram page. We think he's doing some really cool things. But you are a sponsored athlete by Bell Lap Track and Field. Right. Can you just start off by telling us how you kind of got involved with them and 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 you know, why you kind of chose to partner with them? Yeah. So um, so number one, his brother was on my uh, University of Illinois Track and Field team. So um, that that was like the instant way that I think we started to kind of meet both him and then also his other brother too. And um, coming through, that was um, I think my 2016 season when he came onto the team. And then once it came to 2019, it was my first um, rookie season, my first season going professional and everything. And I mean, like I was just wearing anything that I had to these meets and everything. And all of a sudden, you know, I got a message from uh, the chief and he kind of he was like, hey, man, like, would you want, you know, a uh, speed suit for like one of your meets or something like that? I was like, whoa. I mean, like, yeah, like how, how much is how much would it be? He's like, oh, dude, don't worry about that. I'm like, you sure? Because like I knew him and everything and I wanted to help whatever he was doing. But then he kind of explained to me what he was doing. And I thought like, wow, that's really cool. Like, That's really awesome. And it was because like. So what he wanted to do was he wanted to help out all the kind of like track and field athletes that aren't really getting, um, well, number one, track and field athletes do not really get the money that kind of they deserve compared to other professional athletes. So he wanted kind of to help them out in any way possible. And that would be to kind of take people's um, gear that they weren't using and sell it for them and ask for none of the profit or like ask for no like cut of the thing and like it was funny when he was telling me it he's like yeah a lot of people like believe that i'm just like kind of joking with them or like just trying to take their gear or something like that but like honestly like he's just a very honest guy very nice guy and he's been trying to do it and he's been doing really well with it and he's reached out to me to reach out to other athletes to kind of um help so that he could help them out but yeah he then said that like no trust me like i know a guy he like one of these athletes he's giving me one and like you know i want to give it to you so that you could wear something just like look a little bit more professional or like sponsored in your meets and everything. I was like, well, Hey, like I will absolutely take one. And I really appreciate that. So that's kind of how it started. And then coming into this year, he then started creating his own brand, his own logo. And that's when I was really like, dude, you're doing awesome with this. And then he asked me to uh, be one of his first sponsored athletes. And with that, I was like, absolutely, man. I mean, like I got nothing going right now. And I think it's a great way to um, have gear to you know not wear other sponsors gear so that when i'm going to a meet i'm not just giving being a free billboard for that um sponsor or anything and i'm actually wearing something that you know is helping out one of my good friends and then also um can help me get a sponsorship out of this and that's like his number one goal is he wants me to get into a sponsorship or he wants to help me until i get a sponsorship very cool yeah, yeah. so speaking of the kind of gear they hooked you up with he was showing us pictures of these dope 
uh, spikes that he he got you with the the wave on it and everything. And it had me thinking. Yeah. I saw your Instagram handle. Where did this uh, you know Big Wave Dave nickname <laughs> come from? What's 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 going on with that? Yeah. So Big Wave Dave was. Um, I'd like to say that like I've been a man with many nicknames going out or going through my years of life and everything. So it started off with um, middle school. It was Ken's and then Kentu. And then um, at track, it was then like Special K, Super Dave. And then like I thought it was going to be over after high school. But then when I walked into the doors at University of Illinois, um, instantly some of the teammates on my team, they started calling me Big Wave Dave. And it just kind of stuck and kept going with it. And I was like, oh, like, man, I got to keep it alive. So I made it like my Venmo name, Twitter name or uh, Instagram name. So. (laughs) So you're not a surfer? No, not a server whatsoever. <laughs> I thought I thought for sure you'd be like the first person from Chicago to be, you know, secretly, a, you know, big time surfer or something oh. with that nickname. <laughs> no, it was it was just kind of random. I think it was just uh, we had some, you know, we had some really funny guys on the team, and uh, everyone kind of had a nickname going through their freshman year and everything, and mine became that. Yeah. All right. So, so before should, you we, go ahead, Steve. Go. So we should probably say up front, you we we haven't said this yet, but you are the first non-distance runner that we've had on this podcast. You're a 400, 110 hurdler, correct? Right. And I kind of saw that when I was going through you guys' podcasts. I saw a lot of names. I was like, okay, these are a lot of distance runners, you know. I don't see a lot of people <laughs> under 800 meters. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, we're, we're all former distance runners and we've kind of built the podcast around it but we want to expand a little bit you know we want to you know talk about all track and field but right. my i want to ask you have you ever been at practice and watched the distance runners doing lap after lap after lap and being like thank god i never did that sport yes um, <laughs> yeah and i think you know i got a little taste of it this year too where you know we started to change up my training a little bit we wanted to get um a lot more VO2 training or VO2 max training in. And um, one of the things that I heard is like, okay, we got to do like a time trial mile. I was like, all right, for sure. So um, first time going out for it, I hit, I hit a 512 and oh my God, I was dying. Like it hurt. So then um, that was at the beginning of the VO2 max training. So then at the end of it, we're like, okay, let's try and do another one. And I like, trust me, I thought it was going to help me. Um, I had a little bump in the road, like, with a little hamstring tweak. But then I was like, you know, I, I think I can still do this. And I made it through, I think, 1,600 – or no, I made it through 1,400 meters, and I was at, like, 430 or something like that. And um, my roommate is um, Stephen Fahey, the steeplechase national yeah. champion of 2019. Um, he was out there, you know, training me – or uh, timing me and everything, and he's like – ah yeah like you were at 4 30 you probably weren't gonna hit it because i was already walking at like that point at a four at a 1400 meters but yeah then he started saying he's like oh yeah like i could probably go through or well we really started talking about like okay what is like the times that you go through for your 10k 5k all that stuff and he's like i'm usually like five minute or i can't remember exactly what but he's like i'll usually five minute pace or like 40 pace and i was like all right that just pisses me off like (laughs) it's just light work for you and for me i'm Puffing and puffing. I thought my lungs were going to burn. It was, but yeah, I, it was something that I'm glad that I was a, um, a sprinter and not a distance runner. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's some, funny because sometimes I think about it and it's like the, the sport of track and field could not be more different from event to event, right? Because like, 
Yeah, I mean, you're pushing yourself in that mile, and that's difficult for you. But I'm sure if you worked hard enough at it, you're a good enough athlete that you could, like, keep getting that time down, getting that time down. Mm. Us, like, goofy distance runners, try <laughs> no matter how much I practice or how much hip work I do, do you know, like, how hard it's going to be for me to get over those high hurdles? It's oh, just never right. it's never going to happen, right? So. Right, right. No, I hear that. Dude, if you set up hurdles for me and I tried to go over them, it would be like the most embarrassing thing I could possibly do. I'm I'm meant to stay very low to the ground. Very <laughs> low to the ground. No, yeah. It is a do difference think, for sure. Do you think hurdlers are the most athletic in the sport of track and field? Um I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I honestly think that like 800 runners are actually very athletic, very talented and everything. I think one thing that I started to kind of think to myself was I think the 110 hurdlers are kind of the best racers in the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, you have too many obstacles, like hurdles in your way that like you don't focus on who's next to you. And I feel like those times are very true to yourself um, rather than being lined up in a one or in a um, hundred meter race or like a 200 meter race. You know, you sometimes can get that thing like, OK, I got this guy on the side of me. Um I, like if I don't get out on him, he's gonna just burn me and everything. You might give up a little bit, but with the 110 hurdles, especially, especially, is um, I mean, right when you you may think of who's next to you on that first or second step, but then once you start seeing the hurdles in your way, then your mind instantly becomes on your own race. So I think um, 110 hurdlers are definitely like some of the best racers for sure. Uh, 400 hurdlers, I think they have. It's a crazy mixture because you could have people coming from both spectrums whether they be strength-based or speed-based and um so i like kind of that difference in everything too so there's that little bit of mind game there and you know the different events getting out hard like you said in that 400 one thing we say with distance running is if you mm-hmm. take sports and put it on a spectrum right mm-hmm. uh distance running is all the way on one side of like all effort in athleticness and just zero skill whatsoever that's why we're only good at one thing right we can't do anything else uh, where, where is hurdles on that? Like you, maybe it's different for the two different events, but if you had to kind of put it on that spectrum where one side is super skilled, like like golf, and the other side is distance running, where does where does hurdles fall? Man, um, I would probably say there's definitely some skill into it and a lot of mental um, agility in it. Where you know you have to kind of think on the fly a lot coming in between hurdles, especially for the one tens and four hundred hurdles where. You know, um, if you start moving faster, you're going to feel it where, okay, I came up quick on this hurdle, so I got to start, you know, shuffle stepping a little bit faster so that I'm not um, going with my knee right into the hurdle and then face plant into the ground. And then uh, the same thing with the 400 hurdles where, like, you may have ran up on one hurdle and then the next hurdle you felt like you had to kind of reach for it. Then you start thinking kind of mentally, okay, okay what's going to come up with this next hurdle? Am I going to go off with that same leg or am I going to have to switch to uh, my non-dominant leg and stuff like that? So I think there's definitely some, um, there's definitely some skill, more skill to it and everything um, where you have to be kind of on the fly thinking for sure. And so now you're, you're one of the more versatile hurdlers out there. Um, you made the finals in both the 110 and the 400, correct? Yes. So I did a little research. You're the first person since 1941 to do that. What makes you so versatile in the hurdles? Why do you think you can switch between the two events like that? Um, I think it was just something that my college coach, Adrian Wheatley, really looked for in hurdlers. You know, he looked for um, a dual hurdler 
every time. And that was kind of the thing that we had. It was me and one of my other teammates, Cam Viney. And I mean, we were um, my sophomore year, his junior year, we both qualified for the 110s and 400 hurdles at, at uh, nationals. And then like from there, we kind of set a precedence like, OK, we're going to continue doing this. And um, I don't, I mean, I really don't know if there's something. Well, I think it was just the fact that um, I stuck with them. I think sometimes athletes may think, you know what, you're a 400 runner, so we're going to keep you with the 400 hurdles and 4x4 four four or 400. And then some others may be like, okay, we want you as a 110 hurdler and then also um, be like a 4x1 and maybe a 200 threat here and there. So I think the fact that like my coach wanted us to stick with both of them because it worked kind of the spectrum of all like short speed and kind of endurance, that's why he wanted to uh, keep us in it. And I mean, I, I think we really excelled at it. For sure. Yeah. And with, uh, you know, obviously the Olympics getting postponed now, mm-hmm. but now you got a little bit more time to, to prepare for that and get ready for going after that. But as the stakes get higher, uh, is that something you're going to stick with, like trying to go after both? Or are you going to try and narrow your focus, like for Olympic hopes to go after one of those events? Uh, no. So my focus right now is going to be strictly on the 400 hurdles. You know, I okay. think um, <clears throat> the 110 hurdle has always been like, you know, in my back pocket. I always kind of, you know, joke with my coach, like, you know, I'm getting that itch again. Like, I think we might have to <laughs> get into a 110 race here and there. But um, I think the main focus is going to be on the 400 hurdles for sure. We still are going to get a lot of that speed work that we've done with the 110 hurdles, but just um, in different ways. So not going over hurdles anymore, but maybe going out 30, 40, 50 meters. Um, yeah. In my flat. Yeah. For sure. The the 400 hurdles, I mean, I've never run it because, like I said, I'm crazy unathletic and can't get over those things. But I always watch it and it's like, that, that looks like the hardest freaking event I've ever seen in my life. Because we talk a lot about how hard the steeple is and stuff like that. But it's a mm-hmm. steeplechase, but you're going full speed the mm-hmm. entire time through, which is crazy. But it seems like right now in the U.S., um, I know like on the women's side and now coming up on the men's side, that is, you know, really an up and coming uh, event and you know kind of going to be a premier event for the United States hopefully in the upcoming Olympics is is do you just feel like it's kind of your strength and that's why you want to go after or your best shot or is there any kind of like you know you want to be a part of that that movement to, to put that event kind of on the map I would definitely think um the 400 hurdles does have a big opening behind Rye Benjamin for sure Mm-hmm. Um, where then the next kind of the next athletes are kind of all in the same tier and I would definitely want to push the envelope on that tier and kind of go into that next kind of uh, you know hit the 47s and everything because I mean right now in the U.S. Um, I think actively we have like one runner that will hit 47 46 but then the next up are basically all 48 runners and mm-hmm. you know I'm really trying to push to get that 47 finally um I do think that focusing on one race will also help me get to that limit where kind of push that limit where, you know, if you think about it, like when you're doing the two events, this, I feel like the ceiling, you can only get so far in both of them. But then once you kind of eliminate one, then you can kind of push the ceiling for that other event. And that's what I'm hoping for and what I'm uh, believing that will happen for these next couple of years. Mm-hmm. You, ever, you ever get real cocky and just start feeling yourself and feel like you can take down the 400 runners just no hurdles whatsoever 
<laughs> no, no, they, no, they're definitely, um, they're definitely some talented athletes. And I think, you know, um, I definitely want to get myself into some flat 400 races, but you know, I am always kind of nervous about going up against some of them because they do have some major talent for sure to them. <laughs> so usually we're, we're asking this question to uh, scrawny distance runners, but if you weren't <laughs> a track athlete, what sport would you be playing? I wasn't. Um, I think I'd want to do football. I think I'd try, yeah, try to be a wide receiver or um, as fun as uh, I don't know if I'm the right like dimensions for it, but maybe safety also. I think those two. Yeah. What's your team? Yeah. Say that again. What's your team? Oh, my team. Oh, Chicago Bears. Okay. All right. Yeah. How do you, how do you rate their uh, their draft performance? Um, I mean, they got a tight end in the second round, and I think they traded up for that, which I was, I mean, I'm okay with that because um, they need a tight end, but I still think they need something for uh, their QB slot. I'm not 100% sold on Mitch Trubisky yet. <laughs> I tried to have confidence in him this last year, but, you know, it kind of went down the drain, and now I'm ready to kind of make that next um that next transition and I heard they did get Nick Nick Foles in a trade or something like that so I mean we may have him or Trubisky so fingers crossed (laughs) I must say I like I respect the city of Chicago it seems like that's like such a universal thought process right now where it's like that's it we gave Mitch's chance and that's I feel like most (laughs) sports cities it's like completely split and everyone's like we want Mitch we don't want Mitch but Chicago is just like, nope, that kid got no. his chance. You're done. Let's move on to the next one. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had a great run in 20, what was it, 2019, uh, I think. Yeah, uh, the past year when they made it to the playoffs and everything, but it was just our kicker that time. Double doinks, right? <laughs> yeah, the doink, doink, doink. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I, that's when I had confidence in him for the next year, but then it just kind of went down the drain. So I'm done with that. <laughs> Being a Chicago sports fan, have you been watching the the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentaries that have been on? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We started it um, the last we started it last weekend, and then um, we didn't see it last night, but we're gonna watch it tonight. That's uh, yeah, yeah. The, the beauty of quarantine. You can just you can watch the entire NFL draft. You can watch the Last Dance. For real, for real. Everything is like. I've ne- I feel like I've never had this much time, to be honest. I mean, usually during this time, I'm really just doing practice and then uh, volunteer coaching with my uh, coach, Adrian Wheatley, at the University of North Carolina. But, um, yeah, now with that, like, extra, you know, four, five hours of my day, I've been able to binge watch everything. It's been <laughs> ridiculous. There's so much time <laughs> on my plate now. I feel like that's like the go-to conversation for everybody right now. Like, like, so are you watching any good series lately? You watching any good movies? Exactly. And it's just like, are we... <laughs> yeah, let's well, give the people a recommendation here. What's like some weird, you know, something that's maybe not like the Tiger King or something. What, what's something different that you can recommend to the people? So uh, we just got done watching Love Island UK. Whoa. <laughs> Trust me, it was, it was uh, something that my girlfriend tried to push us into, and I was like, okay, I mean, we got nothing else to watch, so let's do it. And it was like 50 episodes, 45 minutes, <laughs> and we cranked that thing out in four days. It, so, I mean. <laughs> Is it like yeah. a reality show or something? It's, yeah, reality TV, uh, TV well. show of uh, some UK 
uh, reality stars, you know, they're all in this villa. They spend the entire summer there and they got to find love. And at the end, if, you know, it's a popularity contest too. So (laughs) at the end, um, the public decides on which couple they think is the best. And then they win a uh, 50,000 pound uh, prize. I love it. Yeah. I love me some good. I love me some good trash TV. Oh yeah, it was it's definitely funny. That is why you are one of the elite athletes, right? You can just like you have the motivation, the determination to get through 50 episodes before you have a show in four days. I mean, that is an impressive feat. Yeah, we. <laughs> I mean, it's something that I'm not proud of, but you know, it's something that had to be done. Nah, something you gotta that had own to be it done for sure. So before so, we get to uh, the end of our uh, the end of our episode here, I got a I got a question that my wife would be very upset at me if I didn't ask. So in in an article I was reading, I read that you uh, one of your hobbies, something you do on the side, you do a little bit of yoga. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So okay. All right. So, so how how did you how did you get into that? And was it like um you know something to help out your your athletic career, or was it just something that you got into naturally and something you do on your own? Um, no, so I recently moved out here to North Carolina and I decided with my bedroom, I wanted to kind of create a very mind, mindfulness type of um, scenery or scene in my room. And I then decided like, oh, okay, I'm going to look into like some meditation books and because um, I had a lot of time to read as well. So I was trying to get, you know, just a uh, very mentally calm and relaxed and everything and then the next step was just uh okay let's let's kind of look into some yoga as well because it mentioned it in the book and um I did think like you know this is definitely going to help with my flexibility you know I already know that I have like kind of tight hips tight tight glutes so this will definitely help out uh the only thing was that I didn't know it was going to be hot yoga so I mean that like <laughs> walked in and like temperature went up 20 degrees or something like that and within the first five minutes you know you're dripping in sweat um but after it I felt you know I felt loose I felt very uh kind of re- like almost like reset and I was like you know what? I want to continue with this so um I've been doing it for a bit and then since uh, the quarantine hit uh you know it's been kind of canceled but I still kind of uh I still want to get into it once you know everything's back to normal um but yeah that's kind of my thing yoga I've been really enjoying it <laughs> for sure yeah my wife's been pushing me to do that forever and she's like you know convincing me it'll help me with my running and I, and I know all that it's just it's so hard for me to to really get into it so right. when, when I mentioned to her that that you were into yoga she's like see he's a professional athlete and he does yoga what's your you know what's your issue so. so so one other thing to go with that is um there's there's uh there were different classes that I could sign up for too and I made the wrong decision um I saw like power hour and I thought it was gonna be like oh it's kind of like you know at a cheaper rate or something or a cheaper (laughs) price and everything uh but no we were cranking through it like push-ups uh squats like like a bunch of whole positions that I was getting tired from I'm like dude I I had to lay down a couple times going to child pose a couple times just because I was like you know I'm this is not what I signed up for. This is supposed to be my recovery, not an extra workout. And like definitely the next day I felt it. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't think that, you know, um, a lot of the exercises during that, during the yoga was going to, you know, have me feeling that way the next day. If yeah, I signed up for power hour, I'd be asking where the beer <laughs> there you right. go, Trent. I was gonna say, If I signed up for power hour, the first thing I'd say is where's the beer? <laughs> not, not a core not workout. True. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, D- 
Dave, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. We have we end every interview with a quick game. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, down the home stretch. Rapid fire questions at you. We're gonna be coming in hot for a specific topic. We got a little intel that your favorite show is always sunny. If I had known it was gonna be the Love Island thing, we should have done that. But <laughs> but we were prepared for always sunny, so we're coming in there. Trent is gonna hit us with the first question. Let's do it. All right, Dave. What character can you most relate to? Oh wow. Um, I would have to probably say <laughs> Dennis. Okay. As, bad as, as bad as that sounds, I think I have to say Dennis. There was no good answer there, so. <laughs> So, so one of my favorite parts of Always Sunny is all the awesome fringe characters outside of the main characters. So mm-hmm. who's your favorite fringe character? Oh, uh, uh, Cricket. Yeah, 100%. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever tried to use the Dennis system? No. Um, I have <laughs> used it as um, a way to like describe certain situations, but I don't think I've purposely done it. You know, me and my friends would joke around saying that we, oh, yeah, we did the Dennis system, but no, I've never purposely did it. Is there a David system? Um, I don't know. There's not a David system for sure. <laughs> There's not, no. <laughs> so if you had to pick one living situation, you had to you had to be roommates with Mac and Dennis or Charlie and Frank, who are you choosing? Oh, Mac and Dennis. I couldn't live like Charlie and Frank. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mac and Dennis' living situation gets really weird in the, the later <laughs> season. No, that is true. It does. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't use – I couldn't see the toe knife out and actually <laughs> use because I'd be making a lot of toast sometimes. How many beers do you think you could drink on a cross-country flight? On a cross-country flight? Yep. Oh, I want, oh um, let's see. Wow. I would probably give it – Eight. I don't know. Eight? That's solid. That's solid. Way a bit short of Wade yeah. Rog. Yeah, yeah. That's way short. <laughs> Good effort, though. All right. Do you prefer Fat Mac or Skinny Mac? Um, Fat Mac. Yeah. Of course. Easily. All right. Last one. So, if Hulu, they, you know, something happened and they had to get rid of half of the Always Sunny episodes, would you choose season one through seven or seasons eight through fourteen? One through seven. Okay. All right. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. Awesome. Fat Mac is in uh, one through seven. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. Um, You know, obviously, it stinks right now that there are no races. You know, know, Olympics trials is getting pushed back, but we're going to be rooting for you next year. Yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you for having me on. You know, it was was really fun. I really enjoyed this and uh, really... I'm really happy about the opportunity. Thank you. And that interview was brought to you by Bell Lap Track Gear, where your purchases go directly back to professional athletes. Support the sport you love with the help of the Bell App boys, look good, feel good, run good. I mean, listen, we've been preaching it for weeks now, but you got to get over to the Bell App track gear page on Instagram. Check out their gear. It's sick. And 
you know, we talked to Dave today, and it's like those are the guys that are benefiting from this. Guys that need a chance, need that, uh, you know, sponsorship, that the help to make some money in what they're doing and, and, and all the hard work that they're putting in. All your purchases are going back to guys like that, guys who are trying to make it in this sport. And, you know, Dave's a guy who has a chance to go to the Olympics, and this is the kind of opportunity he needs to help get him there. So go check it out. Go buy some stuff and go help out those athletes. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Love Bell Lap, and, uh, you know, it was really cool getting a chance to talk to Dave. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk some more of their athletes in the future. So hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna run it back. We're gonna go back to P2E Classics, and I know we got a long list of submissions from these uh, from these races. And like I said, we're probably gonna get around to all of them at some point. But we had a lot of fun last week doing something different, just kind of picking a race that's fun to watch. We picked that uh, the the cross country race. Um, what was the what was the what was the cross country festival called again? The Edinburgh Festival. That's right. Edinburgh. Yes. So we did that. We did that last week. It was kind of a fun, different race to watch. Maybe a race that you wouldn't otherwise know about. So we're gonna do something similar. We're gonna bring back. We're gonna. We're not gonna bring it back. Maybe one day. But we're gonna watch the Nitro Athletics Elimination Mile. And so this was part of this. There was actually a blog, uh, a guest blogger. I think I believe it was actually Ryan Kiger. Uh, you know, he actually won the Bell Lap Track and Field Gear. Uh, um, review prize last week so he submitted a blog about nitro athletics and how it was just a cool different event that brought a lot of attention to the sport and it had a lot of fun events and so one of their events that they had was this elimination mile and so the the last person through east 400 if you were the last person across that line you got eliminated um so we figured we'd run it back we do we do it again where we're going to do a live watch so it's one of those things where we're going to tell you when to start it so if you want to watch it with us, you can. It's only a five-minute video, so if you just want to listen to it through it and not start the video um, with us, that's fine too. But um, if you want, the video on YouTube is – let me see here. I just had it. It is called it, – the video is just called Track Needs More Elimination Miles! Exclamation point. So if you search that, it's a five-minute and ten video. should come right up. So what do you guys think? You ready to watch this? Let's do it. The, right. the title couldn't be more fitting. I'm so excited. I remember watching this when the guest blog came through. This is this is an exciting five minutes of YouTube right here. So, okay. So pull up the video. We got it ready to go. All right. Run it to your mark. When I say, okay. We had some confusion on this last week. When uh, I say yeah. go, we all started, okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So run it to your mark. Get set. Go. All right. All right, so the runners are lining up. Check out that starting gun. That thing I know, was I know. That was also, not your everyday, just like pistol. That thing was a futuristic gun. Good, good, uh, good crowd here, right? For uh, kind of a, a weird, fun event. Um, some good people. Ooh, a little shake up there early. So you're gonna. I feel like we're gonna see some, uh, some, you know, a lot of elbows being thrown here because if you're not, if you're not there at the 400, then you're gone. Yeah, positioning is so important, even at the 100-meter mark, the 200-meter mark. I mean, you have to be in position the whole time. You can't let yourself get boxed in. So it's every, it's at the 400-meter. If you're in last place, then you're yeah. eliminated. That's how it works. I believe so. So they're okay. coming They're coming in the last turn here, heading down the home stretch to the first 400. There they go. <laughs> like, they're wide across. I mean, like this five is just wide, insane. Insane. The, 
So they're if, all looking over their shoulder to know who's there. So I think that guy on the inside, is he the, the Chinese yeah, app? He's done. Yeah, he's out. See you later, buddy. An immediate slowdown. Yeah, right? This is wild. What was that first 400? That I think that was like a, a 65, 66, something like that? Nah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. But they probably did the last 100 in like 10, 12 seconds. Obviously an exaggeration, but... So if it, you... Is, if you were the Go best ahead. athlete in the field, why wouldn't you just take this out at a steady pace? Just run like a fast mile. Yeah. Because it's the mile and people don't do that. That's, <laughs> That's true. true. That's good. Cool. Here they go so again. He's at the going to the front. They're, coming Ooh, they're, the going, they're going much earlier this time, though. That was about 150 they went. This is wild. Oh, man. You just get, like, the finishing kick every single lap. It's unreal. This is crazy. So who's up front there? I can't see where he's oh, from. Oh, man, the, the guy who pushed the pace is going to get eliminated. This guy in the pink. Oh, uh, he's coming on strong, though. Oh, the Japanese. Oh, my, he had a photo yeah. finish just to stay in the race. Oh, but that guy, <laughs> the guy who just barely made it is toast. He's done. I think <laughs> the beauty about this, too, is these guys, you know, this is going to be their first elimination mile they've ever done. So all the strategy that's going into this of the – you know, when to push, when to start the surge, what to do as soon as you pass the, the 400 meter mark is they're just completely making up as they go. Right. Like, they yeah. don't know what they're doing. Look at this guy on the back. He is toast. See, See this is a weird dynamic now because we got like two groups forming here. We got, you know, the lead pack and the chase pack. Oh, but I guess I guess all you're doing is fighting the oh, oh, the guy in the gray is coming back, though. Yeah, what's the uh the, the 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 famous joke? It's like, you know, what hap what do you do when you see a bear? You know, put on your shoes because you don't need to be faster than the bear, you just need to be faster than the guy next to you. That's right, that's right. This is that in real life. Oh man. Ah, right, yeah. right. We all saw we saw this one coming a mile away. See you later, gray shirt. Where's he? He didn't from? even he was just trying to win that third lap battle. Once he won that, <laughs> he was he was satisfied. He he was he was good with that. So oh, this is now just a two-person race. The now. English guy is guys. done. He's just he's just already given up. He's just kind of conceding the last lap to these guys. So it really seems like they had the perfect amount of runners in here for an elimination mile after every lap. The the six people, it's enough where you know a huge chunk of the field is gone, but you still have the you know the three coming down here, or really just the two. So I think they nailed them numbers there. This is gonna be a quick mile. I mean, how do you even prepare for this? How do you like strategize? For for something like this. I mean, it's just going to be the fastest 200 meter runner. I but guess, yeah. the fastest 200 meter gets you off the last lap, and now you're just watching these guys, you know, run run the mile basically, right? You saying oh, both we on got the track cheering on? We got an unbelievable finish to this too. Wow. Did you see Usain Bolt like out in lane two yelling at him? Yeah, where's the I track did, official yeah. telling him to back up? <laughs> they got the yeah, the old crusty guy. <laughs> Who is this guy? Who is it? He's a. They say he's an Aussie. He's part of oh, the team. So they had they had you know different teams. Dude, that race is unbelievable. We need I mean, more of that. I mean, the title says it all. We need more. We need more <laughs> elimination miles there. Do Aussie. they do it? Do they do like elimination five Ks? Imagine an elimination five K. That'd be that'd be crazy. How that'd often crazy. do you eliminate every four hundred? Same thing every 400, but I think it would make it so the kicks would be like less dramatic. Like I don't, I, I, I don't know because I think because you're moving slower, you're moving slower the other 200. I think. 
right? I guess, yeah. I mean, it would be insane. It would be insane. I think that's a race where you just definitely need to go hard and like try and create a gap and never be in contention for the the kick there. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of mm-hmm. like the uh, kind of like the mild showdown. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Get out hard and hang on, baby. I don't know about that, <laughs> but I mean, no one here is is advertising. You know, this needs to be an Olympic Olympic sport or something like this, but. This just works. This is exciting. This is a fun five minutes, whether you care about track or you don't care about track. That's a fun five minutes. There's no reason that stuff like that shouldn't be thrown around at random events, you know, throughout the track calendar. And how much fun would it be to bet on that? Oh, it'd be unbelievable. It'd be be electric. It'd be out of control. Yeah. And, And, like, the thing is, the... You know, obviously you have your people who love track and field and love the strategy of racing and breaking down the race and and, and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, what your average fan likes to see is that finishing kick, right? Like they love to see guys barreling down the home stretch and see a close finish. And you literally get to see that every single lap in this race, which makes it super exciting. And you don't need to have like the biggest stars doing this, right? It's not about fast times or PRs or records or big names. Like I didn't know who any of those guys were, but that wasn't the point. It was still exciting. So you're, you're totally right. If you put it at these big meets where you still have the big names running their races, but then the guys trying to break into that like next class, like, right. Like trying to make a name for themselves, get in the elimination mile, like toss it up there and, and, you know, give yourself a chance to get noticed. The perfect what about it, like a college a college uh, like conference meet right and you just every team puts in one person in the elimination mile how awesome that would be the best event of the I mean, of the, of the meet. Why, why does every conference championship have to be you know 100 uniform like that right like how come there's not any d2 conference any d3 conference out there that's having fun with it that, that's throwing in an elimination elimination mile like that like do we have to be so set in our ways i know that's kind of it sounds like a crazy idea to add a different event, but I don't think it's that crazy. Like somebody get a little creative out there. Every every baseball park has different dimensions, right? Yeah. That's true. I mean, it'd be good marketing for their conference, the schools in, in in their conference. And like I said, it's that next tier of guys who need to prove it, right? Like they okay, maybe you're not good enough to represent in the in the mile, but you're the next tier down. It's like, all right, how are you gonna prove it to your coach that you belong in that spot? Go dominate the elimination mile. Go do something gritty, do something tough. I said it very early on in this podcast, but we need that track in Vegas where the sub elites, the people that are just out of reach of the Olympics, where they can go, they can train and they can race for money and you can bet on crazy events like this how awesome would that be yeah i I think you guys both nailed you both made the point where you don't need to see guys dropping you know sub 350 miles on this just to be entertaining it doesn't matter right the final time of that race didn't really matter people would just freaking love the excitement of that and just love to gamble on it when you go to the random horse track you know when when horse track and i don't know when there was one at suffolk downs in boston or wherever you can still go to watch it I don't care that I'm not watching the same horse that's going to win the Kentucky Derby. That makes no difference to me. I just want to watch that live action and watch the excitement. Do they even run a clock in horse racing? You know what I mean? Like no, literally nobody cares about the time. It's about beating the, the people around you, the horses around you. So it's like having an environment like that in track and fields where it's like forget about the clock. Let's forget about splits. Let's forget about all this. Like let's just race each other. Like that is 
what's awesome. And that's what makes the elimination mile awesome, right? Is because every single lap you're getting that kind of atmosphere. Couldn't agree more. All right, boys, this has been a fun episode. I am exhausted after my 28 miles over the past two days. So let's wrap it up. Let's kick off the bell lap. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? Uh, first of all, I'm very interested to see what we all sound like next episode when this is all said and done and, you know, beat to hell from the next five days. Um, but I wanted to shout out our, uh, you know, pre-showdown video that we dropped last weekend. If you haven't seen it, get on our Instagram. But we put together, you know, a Rocky-style montage of how we were all prepping for this. And every single time I watch it, I can't stop laughing. I mean, there's just some scenes in there. Trent, for whatever reason, the scene where you're just sitting, you know, crisscross applesauce playing jacks on your bedroom (laughs) floor. I don't know what it is about that scene, but it makes me laugh every single time. Uh, So go check it out. Uh, You know, we're just trying to have fun with this stuff during during the quarantine and make people laugh and put a smile on your face. So hopefully you can go check that out and, and enjoy it. It might be the funniest thing we've done. It was like, it was like I had, there was, I, I watched it and I like laughed out loud a couple times watching it the first time. So great work on that. Um, Trent, what do you got for people on the bell app? You know, I'll roll with the video thing here. So first off, shout out to my, my cameraman, um, my, my girlfriend. She she killed it with some of the ideas out there and with some of the camera work. Um, but that that was an absolute. I mean, I spent. I spent hours doing that. I had a blast recording that stuff. I mean, the amount of stuff that's on the cutting room floor is, you know, too much. We could have done, you know, a whole, couldn't a whole movie, right? We could have, we could have literally filmed, like filmed the full Rocky movie, Rocky, you know, eight or whatever they're on at this point. Um, but that was fun. So yeah, check that out. Um, I just want to, uh, you know, say thank you to all the supporters out there that that believe in the strategy that I am employing and that know that I'll be there, you know, at the finish and that I will um, be victorious. So shout out to all the true trend friends out there. So for my bell app, I just want to say I am competing in this competition the same way that I would run a 5k, get out as hard as I possibly can at the beginning and hang on for dear life. This is not going to be pretty. This is going to be an ugly five days. It's going to be a painful five days. But it's going to be five days that I know I can get through. And I know that I'm going to be competing for the win at the end of it. Other than that, boys, I would have run faster, but I definitely peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love Yeah, these smiles are killing me. Trent, you feeling good? Are you guys tired? A little bit. <laughs> I feel great.
I went to oh, I went to uh, I went to Walgreens this afternoon and I bought uh, Pedialyte and Vaseline. So that just tells you where I'm at right now. I didn't put enough Glide on today. Or that's because fucking... you're, you're wearing dirty shirts, Trent. That's how you get cheap. <laughs> wear salty shirts. I always wear clean shorts. The shirt, who cares? The shorts, I need clean shorts. But I tried this. The running people at the store sold me I, like this all natural running glide. It works like shit. So now I'm using that song. And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love is spilling, waiting here for you to take and drink of. If you're tired of the same old story, oh, turn some pain. Desert burning Until you put up me like a sweet